All right. It's that time of year again. Yep. Pumpkin season. Yep. MacArthur Genius Grant Award winner season. Oh, yes. They haven't announced the 2022 yet, but they usually do it late September. Yes. I keep, I, you know, every time I go to get my mail, I get a little jittery, nervous. Like, is this going to be it? It's mostly credit card offers and, and junk and coupons. And then I like when I hear a car pull up, keep looking at my window for Ed McMahon. Oh, yeah. You know, is this gonna I don't know I don't know how they tell you and we might not get it this year there's a good chance I mean they only do 20 or something don't so. put that out in the world don't put that but we you know I don't know how they let you know is it like a surprise party you know every time I come home it's like oh is it is everybody I know here ready to give me a big fat check like I don't I don't know but I'm excited it's like a couple days to a week should yeah. be announced should be announced yeah pretty big do we do a double episode or just uh do we even we just stop doing the episodes. If we get that check. We get I check. think uh, take a little vacation. Take a little vacation. We obviously still do the episode, right? Because they'd be giving it to us, so we have time to create our genius mm-hmm. podcast. You know, we can manifest our our genius or whatever we put on our resume last year. Um, do you, can they take it back if uh, they give it to us, and then we just go on vacation? Just disappear to Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was a mistake. Yeah. yeah like, oh, those guys, it was a different. We were meant to give it to a different, uh, like, too late. Some my bank account. Some interns accidentally went to the wrong address with the check. Yeah. What if your whole business was making those big checks? What I wonder you if you'd be nervous because it seems like it happens less and less. What does? Big checks. The big checks. It used to be a big thing. Yeah. Big have you seen it recently? I haven't seen anyone cash them in a while at the bank. No. I haven't seen, well, <laughs> or just on TV or whatever. Because I was I wondering, got you. I got you. Like, the way social media is kind of structured, you can get your own little bubble mm-hmm. and only see the things you look for or want to see. So people could be getting big checks left and right, and you just don't see it. Like in the local news, you know. Big checks were thin. You'd see the charities donating ten thousand or whatever, and then you'd see the big checks. Did we just not watch local news? Hmm. Where have the big checks gone? I have Did a question. Where were the big checks? The big checks were Ed McMahon and. What was that organization that did it? It was the, Ma- the MacArthur Genius. Nah, I mean, that, that's what we're, we're, you know, wink, wink, probably going to get here soon. But it was something where they would surprise people in their underwear and just publish like, a clearinghouse. They pull up in a van. What was published? What was that? I think it was like a magazine insert. Okay. And you, like a, they build it like a raffle or something. You fill it out. And you could be chosen that Ed McMahon would show up. What if they, what if like one of those weird things like Warren Buffett did that? Like is, you know, Warren Buffett has all those like, I drive a Dodge and I drink Coca-Cola and I'm worth $15 billion. Yeah, yeah, he tries and to make he Also like-, like filled out that and they were like, like, do we have to go? Like, he doesn't need this. Does he, yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah. Would that be, would they bring Ed McMahon for that? Probably not. I, mean, I guess he would win. I don't know. What happens when you win? You don't need it. Yeah, I think you take it. Rich people are greedy. Side, quick side note: I don't find Warren Buffett charming. I don't find it charming when ungodly rich billionaire people like 
have make like cheapness part of their PR. Yeah. I, I drink Coca Cola and you know I'm really stingy. I like no. Good, good for you, man. You dedicated your life to making money. I'm really glad you're you're still cheap. That you know I don't I don't know I don't find it charming. I think it's PR and everything. Like they think it makes them seem human. Yeah. Like, I don't like. Of course it, it is. Of course. Anyway, back to let's go back to big checks. Hey, so what are you gonna do with your cut? So we split it, right? Yeah, uh, we split it 50-50. Uh, how much is it again? Six hundred twenty-five thousand. Okay, I'm gonna turn off my brain. Probably, probably not gonna do. Yeah, the vacation thing sounds pretty good, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're supposed to like go on a writer's retreat, and um, yeah. But I think we do two. We at least do two books a month, maybe more. We have a lot of time. Yeah, we would get more reading done. That's true. Yeah, that's all we. You know, that's all we do. So we have a good. We could do movies. Do you think there would be an article where it'd be like? Are these guys actually geniuses? Because all they pretty much do is read books and kind of interpret them in their own way. Is that is that worthy? That's of what genius. That's the definition of a genius. No take backs, all right. No take backs. No take backs. I think we do. I think we would. Uh, I would probably make a sweet garden in my front yard. That's an unexpected answer, but I think that's where I put some of the money towards. Like a really fancy garden. Not like just like a very traditional cool garden not too fancy nothing nothing elaborate not a lot of rock, lot of rocks or are we talking fish like koi fish Ooh, no 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 koi fish no, no. a lot of uh maybe some moss some low-lying ground cover a lot of color a lot of color that's i like sure that. that's what they want to hear the MacArthur people this is what they're doing with it yeah. i think we i i do think they have a dinner for us, right? Where, where all the geniuses get together. Do you have to dress up? I think we do. I don't know if I want. You don't want to win it now? Eh. I think you can do it for one. Maybe I'll wear gym shorts and a t-shirt. To like or date. I'd be like, oh, who's this guy? Yeah, like just yeah, how like, Warren Buffett drinks Coca-Cola and drives a Dodge. We're geniuses that don't dress like. Wear gym shorts to. So did he? What's happening? Genius, it must be an ex. You know, sometimes uh, you see a person who works at a company, like company where everybody else dresses up, and then you see a guy with a big old beard, long hair like in a ponytail, and a plaid shirt and jeans. And you're like, oh, that must be the IT guy. No, yeah, he knows he, that. You can you tell because they they can get away with that because they're actually useful. Mm-hmm. They make all the computers work. So, okay, so you know. We'd be like that. It's like quiet rebellion. Yeah. The, there's a new term that just came out. Was it quiet quitting? Quiet quitting. Yeah. Where it's just like you don't do your, you don't do a, a but. What is it exactly? I I know it's one of my pet peeves is these new terms for things that have existed forever. Yeah. People just on Twitter figure out a cutesy phrase for it. Well, let's be honest. Quiet, we, yeah. If not we had created it. it. We would be winning. I was really good at quiet quitting. <laughs> And I didn't call it quiet quitting. It was like, I'm going to get, I found ways to read on the clock. And <laughs> it, was, it was fun. I didn't have cutesy names for it. Would like, what did you call it? Sleuthing? Just like hidden reading? It's called taking a longer break than normal. <laughs> called not telling anybody that you're just sneaking out and going to the library because it's right down the road. 
And then if anybody asks, you're like, oh, that was my 15. And if nobody notices, you just take your, you take your 15 and your library or errands don't count. It's not quiet quitting. It's just it's called time theft, actually, in some businesses. Yeah, that's another, yeah. Time theft. Time theft is the term. Time theft. I think they went from time theft to quiet quitting. Yeah, because Target owns you. Why? They don't own you. Corporations don't own you. Sometimes they do. Well. But if you quite quit. You know what I do with my money? Yeah. What did you do with it? Uh, bet it all. Bet it all. I like it. I think, if, I think your family would like that. If I win, if that's win, like, Guess what? You're a genius. A couple million. What are we betting on, by the way? Uh, bet MGM app. Okay. That's not a sponsor. Uh, that's, huh? That's not a sponsor. Trying to get sponsorship because that's if we get uh, sports book sponsorship, that's even more than the than the grant. So, or season sports book. Okay. First time betters get a uh, minimum five dollar bet up to two hundred dollars free. Download the uh, MGM Sportsbook app. Code word. There will be books. <laughs> that was an audition, like a. We'll do it. I, I legally have to say that was not a real ad. I don't know if you okay. can video. You can't do fake ads. I don't know what the rules are on podcasts. Don't we have to say like if you have a gambling addiction call on the numbers? Yeah, they do that real quick. If you have gambling, yeah. like just yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. we're making gambling really, really easy. It's from your phone. Do it. Gambling problem? Call eight to nine. I know. It's, say, very, it's like hey, don't worry about it. I thought it's like uh, setting up. I don't know, in like a, a, ta- a plaza downtown or something during a festival, just free booze. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, and then thing. just like as as they have their little cup and are walking away, you just kind of go, drinking problem, they just trail off. Like, You're like, what? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Get help if you need it. Bye. Oh, this is a triple shot? Oh, cool. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't know you guys did those. Yeah, I don't what? know that the widespread gambling is like healthy for society. One hundred liver. Totally take money for it. I wonder if we should call one of those on air. Oh, the gambling hotline. Yeah. So I don't know how, to put, how to put my my mortgage payment on the Jets, and they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, take whoa, a breath, take a whoa, whoa. Don't do the Jets. Don't put it on the Jets. Who? Find I, a, let's find another team. This should, this should be a book, but who mans those like phone things? Is that a pain job? Can you and I man those? What do you just tell the people? Can you imagine? Well, what do they tell you? What if it's automated? You have to push like five buttons to actually talk to somebody. You know, like, is it like a, because those little gambling problem things. Are you, know, <laughs> you know what would be messed up? You're on hold and like, instead of having music, they just have like these uh, betting like, help groups are sponsored by the betting companies themselves yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they just run ads so it'd be like if yeah like yeah that would be that was, i think we've created like a very depressing british tv show it does this seem is, like a little this weird. is why we get the genius grant look at what we've done how smart we are because we're it's, it's like it's subtle social commentary yeah you know what i mean that's kind of what we're doing that's what i put in our we actually didn't apply I don't know if we you have to be don't, no you get nominated so I'm assuming somebody I I, nominated us because the last two years we've kind of hinted broadly nominate us for this award uh, so we'll see I hope we get it this year if not 
I'm really going to double down. If we don't get it this year, I'm going to work on manifesting it. I'm mm-hmm. rereading the secret right now. Okay. And I'm just going to work on manifesting. I'm going to think about the little MacArthur Genius Grant trophy. Mm-hmm. Have it as I fall asleep. I'm going to think about it. You're going to think about the dinner. Up, like, I'm going to manifest. I'm going to meet Ben Lerner at that dinner. <laughs> We're going to make a man. I'm going to give him a big old hug. Be like, I'm sorry, bro. No, you're not. From the same town. I love you. You know, so I'm just manifesting that sort of goodwill. I'd be telling people about my kidney stones, probably. Yeah. That'd be your speech. I think we'd be the hit of the the ball. It's not a ball, but it could be a ball. Yeah. Yeah, We'd just be. Maybe we bring a little flask of tequila. Yeah. Uh, Like Rodney Dangerfield and Caddyshack, all the fancy people. Just like, hey, how's it going? It was very loud. That'd be fun. I was thinking real quick. Yeah. So it's six hundred twenty-five thousand. Maybe we should each take three hundred and have twenty-five thousand in a little pool, and then we could like kind of have it be for podcast business. Okay. Some of that would be merch. And I was thinking, t-shirts aren't cheap. New patrons, I think, certain tiers are going to get t-shirts. Okay. Sign up. But the t-shirts aren't cheap. But with $25,000, I was thinking we get a bunch of t-shirts printed up mm-hmm. and we take them to a bunch of colleges and we have that little the t-shirt cannon that the mascot Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking quarters. about. Orders. We have them be our t-shirts and we just blast the audience with There Will Be Books t-shirts. Almost as valuable as like a bank, as a bank t-shirt. Like, oh. Open up a checking account. People go crazy for those t-shirts. Our, our design is it. our design is incredible. Our design's crazy. Oh, I just think have you ever been at a game where there's a t-shirt? You really want one. Something I love this. In. I've gotten a t-shirt at a game. Have you? Have you? Nuggets game. Oh. Basketball. Third it's tier. Cool. Isn't it so exciting? It was it's like, ah. two sizes too big, but it's great. Yeah. I like it. So we a little bit of 25,000 will go towards t-shirt. we could buy out maybe the whole the whole mountain west one saturday everybody just gets a shirt everybody in the mountain west the t-shirts and the t-shirt cannon or our shirts i like it geniuses genius ideas you know on that note welcome to there will be books a podcast about books and becoming a genius i'm peter joined as always by matt Whew, i'm excited I think we could cover a lot of ground there. I think we're ready. I think we're ready, right? Brace ourselves. Brace. Let's shock the world. I'm ready. Shock the world. Um, tonight, we're going to be talking about a book. We're doing a, I'm going to call it a book review. It's not a book review. That sounds too formal. We are talking about the book Cult Classic by Sloan Crosley. A new release. We don't do these very often. Sloan Crosley is an author you're familiar with. I am not familiar with. And this is her latest novel, cult classic. Um, do you want to give a background with your history of Sloan Crosley? Why Why did you nominate this book? Why did I always you- enjoyed her as a writer. Okay. Uh, I said before, I don't, there's only like two, she's famous or got known for her, uh, I guess it's like the humorous personal nonfiction okay. that David Sedaris does. And actually her and David Sedaris are the only two writers of that type of thing that I really like. And I don't explore widely in the genre, but you know, I I always kind of like those two. And so I kind of knew of her. She wrote a novel called The Clasp a couple years ago and I read that and I enjoyed it. I like her style. I like her humor. 
Um, and so I saw she had a new book out and I nominated it for August and I talked you into to having that be our August book of the month. And here we are. Here we are. Um, I had, so we have a little of a patchy relationship, right? With contemporary novels. Some of the times we like them. Sometimes we, those are some of our least, maybe per, me personally, let me just. That's the one we kind of tend not to see eye to eye on the most um, contemporary. So going in, I was a little bit worried on a, on a couple fronts. Is it going to be auto fiction? Sometimes. Okay. I think that's my initial, like, uh, is this just going to be a better life? Like, is it essays dressed up as fiction? Right. That sure. Was, that was a worry. I was worried it was going to be a New York novel where it's just New York references and the dating scene of New York and all that. Like an, like an insular. Yeah. Like a very like, Oh, if you don't know the reason the, the blurbs are, Oh, this is a great depiction of, of this. And it's like, okay. Yeah, dating and romance in New York. And so it's basically written for, you know, maybe it, it gets praised and it gets all the publicity because it's writing about the critics that are kind of, yeah, but if you live in the rest of the country, yeah, it maybe yeah. Um, so those are kind of two of my, and those aren't fair. Obviously, you go into a book, you should go oh. to a book. Um, well, can I just say real quick? Yeah, those are legitimate concerns. Okay, you know, not with. I mean, my like not with her. I wasn't mm -hmm. worried about that because I'd read her before. But just for you coming in blind, those are legitimate things to be like. Eh, is it going to be like this? Like, is it? going to because there are books like that yeah you know and i was a little bit worried at the beginning that it had a little bit of that it wasn't immediate where i felt oh i'm not gonna like this i i thought first of all she's a very funny writer and she can write i had a couple issues with some of the dialogue but overall some really insightful funny dialogue so yeah. i i enjoyed that in the beginning as far as the auto fiction of it it didn't feel to me now some I kind of imagine some of the stories in this book are maybe pulled from her life or, or whatever. All authors pull from their own lives. The issue comes when it's the plot is basically like a boring version. Yeah. Like it, the, the, the events are the person's life. This book clearly is not that based on sort of a, a twist or explaining of the plot in the middle of the book. Right. Yeah. Uh, so those sort of fears that it's just gonna be like an auto fiction of like this is a, this is a book which is is classified as fiction which is really essays about my love life or what i think about love mm -hmm. the book has more plot which i think is a key thing in distinct making it be like this no this is a novel and this is not just me um like for instance we mentioned ben learner ben learner's book that we read I don't know if we actually did like a combine. I read it first. You read it to Topeka School. Yeah. It was clearly just Ben Lerner's life, right? Yeah. Sort of a, it, it got tiresome very quickly. Because the plot, uh, we don't have to get into that. I enjoyed this plot and it had, it, yeah. it, it led me down, it, kind of thinking about different ways and what Crossley was trying to say about different things. Not just like what my personal life was like. So I think on the whole, I was happily surprised by like my, my concerns going into the book didn't come to fruition. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm so. glad you liked it. You liked it. Right. It um, I think my issue was still, so my concerns like, who is this for? Right. Like who, 
the reading public. Well, yeah, but I think I had a trouble with connecting, I guess, to all the sort of, I think I would have liked this book a lot more maybe if I was younger, maybe. Okay. Well, you're um, past that. So it's about, should we say, it's about a woman. Well, those are engaged. Yeah. She's 38 in the book. Mm-hmm. She's about to get married and settle down. And she's a like in the, the magazine writing world, she's a mm-hmm. journalist. She finds herself running into all her ex-boyfriends. Basically, there's more to it than that, but that's kind of it's stuff starts happening to her. And you know, we're through her eyes, we see so it's kind of a ghost of boyfriends past type thing. Yeah, so but, so. That's the, do you think, oh, that's what I was going at. Uh, do you think it's because you're past, you're, you're married now and you're kind of past that point in your life? You're, you've, you've gone beyond that precipice of deciding whether to settle down and all that. And so it's less. Um, possibly. I did think it was a little bit inside, like the whole aspect of going out in New York. It's a strong aspect of the novel, right? It's. Well, it is a New York novel on some level, but the, I mean, most of the observations are not like tied to New York, right? But, but that's what makes it not insular. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like New York and that sort of thing should be off limits to writers, but there are a lot of writers who live there and write about that stuff. And they think it's inherently interesting. Yeah. But it's like, you no, know, you have to make it interesting. You know, I, I think I, that's the difference between it being an echo chamber. Because that was Don, Don Powell wrote a lot about the New York world and the literary scene and all that. She was just a fantastic writer and she made it interesting. It, the, the scene itself is not interesting inherently. Yeah. Does that make sense? You have to make it interesting as a writer. So I think just because it's set there doesn't make it narcissistic auto fiction. Here's the one thing I wish would have happened in the book. And I don't know if this ever crossed your mind. We have the same point of view of the story through the, our main character. I had wished that it had experimented a little bit more with changing the point of view, uh, getting inside some of these other characters' heads. So, for instance, there's character Clive in the book. Yeah. It's just like he runs this magazine and then he starts this. Do we, should we spoil the kind of weird the twist, I guess, in, in the beginning just the middle let's not spoil the ending ending the, the middle basically is she she uncovers that she's been the reason why she's seeing all these ex-boyfriends is because this weird how would you describe it this well, this sort of magnet who who was running this sociology magazine now has this new project this very weird project with it's seemingly a lot of money where it has these people working for free and they are setting an experiment is how I would kind of classify yeah, yeah. So, it as. I have a lot, I have some notes on that. It's, I think it's a metaphor for like Silicon Valley tech industry. She's kind of making I fun did of too. startup. I did too. I did. making I, fun uh, of start. So it's so when you say magnet, it's not a, ma- a magnate, like a. Yeah, it's a guru, a, like a, a. I don't want to say Elon Musk came to mind, but not quite him. It's a, but just a, a, a startup. It's, it's a scam. It's called cult. The cult in it is because it's kind of she's making fun of how some of these tech gurus like a lot of their culture and the way they're talked about is like borderline cultish 
so yeah so her her running into all her ex-boyfriends isn't just a coincidence it's been orchestrated by somebody or no they say clive her old boss who she kind of sort of maybe had a little crush on but they never really got together but he was kind of a charismatic personality um and and charming but so he he moved on the magazine they all worked at folded Mm -hmm. uh and he moved on and now he's like this tech startup guy and he brings her into the fold and tells our main character his name's lola hey this isn't a coincidence you're part of a test program we're testing out this new thing where we can give people closure and we can kind of direct it to where you will meet all your exes and you can kind of go through whatever get closure so it's a that's it's a, that's it's a bit like the a christmas carol really in a way a little of. bit with, um uh, but yeah. that's the element i really like like i like that yeah it wasn't just like this story where she's just meeting and i thought it could have easily just been that but it had this weird element of okay well now we're gonna think she's gonna make the reader think about like the absurdity of some of yeah like silicon valley where just like where there's a lot of like seed money maybe in something but they have no way of like making profit he's like, got no... mysterious yeah. yeah well i think they're he's got mysterious backers who mm. you know he's talked them into giving him money for this thing and, and he it costs quite a bit you know it's kind of reminded me you ever see that david fincher movie with michael douglas called the game i'm not i know you're talking about it's that. a good movie it's there's a sim like vague similarities but it's kind of like that you could pay so the idea is they're going to convince people to pay for, for this thing. And, you know, at first I was thinking like, oh, it's kind of, it's a stretch, but it's like kind of a funny metaphor for Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And, you know, that you have a lot of targeted ads. Yeah, we talked about last true. time, you know, like my YouTube account was showing me videos connected to my Amazon fire stick. You know, it's like, so I thought it's kind of like a metaphor for the insularity of Silicon Valley social media stuff. And I think it kind of is, but I was thinking it's the literal, the literalization of the thing in the book that's called the Golconda. Mm-hmm. Right. So what they do in the book, how much of a stretch is that? If you had tens of thousands of dollars to spend on this, do you think through subtle use of like targeted ads and really sophisticated propaganda, you could kind of maybe convince somebody to just show up at this restaurant. Like an ex, what, if you were an ex-boyfriend, just kind of through the power of suggestion and stuff, you could kind of subtly steer somebody to show up at this restaurant. And then the girl um, who was paying for not, it would know to also show up there. The way I think it would happen is you would be, suddenly be shown their like, instagram account or their face like somehow you would stumble across that way you have so you, would just, so you would have like this thing where you just be like oh let me look at all their pictures of their life now and then it would be like oh that happened that was weird i don't know how i got on that and then like someone else would come into i think that's how it would probably happen if this company was like to literally yeah. exist but my point is, like i thought it was kind of a stretch but it's a satirical thing so it's not a plot hole it's just oh she's satirizing this she is satirizing it but i started to think about it, it's like it's not even that much of a stretch. I think you could kind of halfway do something like that. Did you feel this way when reading it? Did you feel, I, I sometimes get this feeling when I'm reading books and I, and I quite enjoy it actually. 
the, the book is very it's almost like a movie in a way like oh this wouldn't be hard to make into a movie I just based it. on it's not that it's thin or anything like it's it looks like a novel it reads like a novel but just like it's very cinematic and how it's the the pacing i guess of it all it just felt like oh this would be kind of a fun movie like i think i would really like to watch this movie in, yeah in me too way. i think it would i think it would make a good movie it just it just the kind of biting voice of it all i have this quote i want to read to you and i thought this was like a good our main character like you know her views on lover is kind of like the, the driving force i guess of the book and what's she going to do and all that kind of stuff yeah. um and near the end it, and she goes romance may be the world's oldest cult it hooks you when you're vulnerable holds your deepest fears as collateral renames you something like baby brainwashes you that makes you think that your soul will wither and die if you let go of a person who loved you now i i like that like it's like that sharp edge to the writing mm-hmm. now i that's I, I don't know i thought that was very good so yeah. she's a good writer peter she is she and is the books and the book's funny too are, are, it is funny yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't take itself it's it's serious on one hand but i also, also thinks it, it doesn't take itself too seriously in a way um which is the perfect blend for this kind of new york novel yeah it's it's not really i think there's a tendency for a novel like this to be like navel gazing like kind of well yeah i mean that's um, but it, it has enough playful elements to it that it's not just like serious, like, oh, this is Yeah. Which is that's the that's the trick, right? You know? And that's I think it's a fine line to walk, and I think she did a pretty good job. Yeah. I think it's funny. I think it was it was poignant at moments because it really, I think half of it's kind of a send-up of tech startup culture. And half of it is just kind of a a woman trying to decide whether or not to settle down. With your fiance, who she likes, but she's like, hey, "Is this really it?" You know, and so it, it's like a mix of both. And it was a, and I think there are some people who would read this book and be like, have a lot of the same fears as the main character in this book. Well, exactly. But I think it's a certain time of your life. Yeah, and it could happen in your twenties or their characters forties. I think whenever yeah. you decide to settle down, I was thinking. Uh, I think the. Uh, the Clive character who I don't know. Really I would have liked the attempt to like get inside his point of view. What's his point of view during all this? I think that would have been a fun. Sure. I'm fine. I think the narrative decision to just keep it in her head. I think it works. It's that type of book, but I, that's my only note that I had was I would have liked to see the narrate the point of view change. Well, I'll pass it along to her. Okay, cool. Twitter. <laughs> uh, I was thinking maybe Clive represents the the kind of phantom, the specter of the unattainable male, the kind of charming, charismatic, the kind of almost ghost you're chasing into the future. The reason why you wouldn't settle down because she she sees you know flaws with all her exes and she's kind of having doubts. She sees her her fiance's nickname is Boots, right? Well, I got a thing on it. So her fiance's nickname is Boots and she always calls him Boots. And then there's this Clive character who she's always, they kind of sort of flirted and never got together. And can we spoil, it's half spoilers a little bit, but it says at the beginning, like Clive, she's talking to Clive like yeah. he's dead. Clive dies. Mm-hmm. And she gets together with Boots. Spoilers, sorry. But 
I think Clive represented kind of the the idea of perfection, the the perfect guy, the elusive perfect guy who would be the reason she's not settled down. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's always chasing that. And so he dies and she finds she calls his, her fiance boots through the whole story until the very end. And then you notice at the very, very end, she starts calling him Max. She I was confused. I was like, did I miss a character completely? No, but that's intentional, right? <laughs> yeah, that was she's like, That was very good, actually. It, and it becomes real. There's a, We won't spoil the, the, the last twist, but yeah. she starts calling him Max and she decides to stay with him. She starts, she's, it's almost like she stops. It's not like a cutesy game anymore. She's like, no, you got to, if you're going to settle down and really love somebody, you got to kind of lose all that. She starts using his real name. Clive dies, and she's just kind of something. Also about like what is the term paralysis by analysis? Yeah, all this stuff. I think all the you can just maybe with how much we're all online and just judging each other and like, oh, it's my life like this and all this stuff and what's wrong. Sometimes you just you go forward and then that's the next step and then sometimes i think people are maybe it's a, a commentary on the culture of like afraid to close a door on their life maybe like mm-hmm. if you if, i don't know i think that's there's some element of that that we all expect absolute freedom of choice in everything all the time like oh i want to i want to be able to do that again maybe or i i don't want to sh- there's a one percent chance i can get back with x yep. Or I'm missing uh, out on so yeah you're missing out on something or I, what will my life be with this person versus this so there's all you, you want to keep all your options open you don't want to be yep. closed off so but at a certain point you, you gotta you pick something or or I don't know if the the book ever answers that like do you I think well I guess it does but because um, I think certain people just will live their life just keeping all options open maybe not committing yeah. to anything and. Yeah, don't settle down, which is, you know, fine. But I think that's, well, that's what makes the story. I mean, I think that's the kind of universal personal element that makes the, the rom- it's not a romantic comic-ish, more comic, but it makes it land, I think. Because it is kind of, everybody goes through this at some point. It's the, yeah, it's the shoebox full of memories that she yeah. has. Well, so I was thinking a lot of the, a lot of this is kind of almost metaphors for social media, for Instagram, Facebook, especially, you know, cause you could scroll through and find if you're so inclined, all your exes on mm-hmm. Facebook and Instagram and kind of indulge the way the Golconda and Clive's experiment in this function in the story you could do that in real life mm-hmm. on social media. Right. And so it's kind of parallel to that process. I was going to ask this at the end, but let's just do it now. Do you think in the same way that if you read Peter Pan as an adult, the whole story takes place in the kid's bedroom. It's all in their imagination. Mm. In the same way, maybe Neverwhere, Richard is actually just homeless and it's all in his head, right? That's a reading of those stories. Do you think a reading of this story could be Lola is just in her room deciding whether or not to get married just in her apartment at night scrolling through social media Uh, i see what you're saying 
I, I don't know. There's two. I guess you could maybe make an argument for that. Maybe. Um, possibly. I, I think more of the there's also an element to this thing about how fraudulent sort of the influencer culture is in a way like the inf- it's like, hollow it's cheesy it's, it's hollow. hollow it's it's because yeah. it's just the clive character and the, and the fact that she makes it very clear how absurd this galconda thing is like, it's weird yeah where it looks yeah. like it's how people have don't make money working there how it's just there did you catch weird, the the line where uh, she's talking to the girl who works there and they're just praising Clive and just, I love the work. And she's like, how much do they pay you? He's like, oh, I, I, you know, I don't, it came out before like, oh, she doesn't get paid. Yeah. And then she's like going on and on about how much she loves the place to Lola. And then the girl secretary says, I know I would just, I would work here for free. And yeah. Lola's like, you do work here for free. And the girl's like, exactly. <laughs> like it doesn't work. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's a bunch of, it's like, uh, yeah, twenty somethings that are funded by their parents, living in New York City, saying that they're working for a you know. This they have a way, and yeah. they're going to sell. Uh, they have a way to make your life better, and that's what all these tech like. Everybody's got their whole like this. It's a little bit of um, we're gonna. You ever see the movie Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind? Yeah, it's a little bit in a. There's a sliver of that in this. Just the. I don't know, just the reality versus someone who like tricks a bunch. Like it's almost like a confidence man type thing. We've talked about that before. Like he just, oh, I trust this guy. He's, I don't know, bushy eyed young people are like, oh yeah, I believe in this. This sounds like a great idea. And and little do they know this guy is kind of a fraudster this entire life. Like he runs this magazine about psychology and he has kind of the complete opposite of like the, the, you know, the, what you think someone would be like who ran that kind of magazine like i don't know i i noticed i thought it was significant because they all kind of worked in journalism and print journalism and they all and that's kind of gone under yeah and now they shift to the tech industry because that's how you mold reality and sell things to people one of the things i liked about it it's a modern novel but it didn't feel heavy-handed like what what's the book i didn't like um it, it can't remember what the kind of where the boyfriend fakes his death what was that one? Oh, yeah fake accounts fake accounts where that book was really like let me tell you how i can describe current culture to a t was one of the main aspects of that book this didn't feel like she was saying like let me explain how instagram works or let me explain how snapchat works there didn't seem like this heavy-handed like let me make sure you know that i know the culture which i think has happened and I personally don't like that. I, I yeah. feel it's like it cheapens the book. Um, so this felt modern without sort of being like, hey, wink, wink. I know how to use all the apps that everyone knows. She wasn't use. virtue signaling. She wasn't heavy handed. She wasn't afraid to have her character be flawed. Yeah. It, was satire, it was satire without beating you over the head with a hammer. Um, it was, which I think is good. Peter, you're just too afraid to come out and say you like the book. You know what it reminded <laughs> me of? And there's a blurb on the back of it by Nick Hornby. It felt like a little bit like a Nick Hornby book. I know I don't think you've ever read Nick Hornby, but it felt. I like know the a, tone from High Fidelity. The a New York style um, Nick Hornby book, which I'm a fan of Nick Hornby. I 
I know it's not like high literature and it's not the depressing stuff I love, but I enjoy it as, as kind of stimulates my mind. And and this book did that. Um, Just admit that you like the book. You don't have to qualify it. You can still be a serious literary person and you like the Sloan cross. You know, I just, I don't know. I had small qualms with it, but overall I would, uh, if we were in the bookstore, I say, what kind of books do you like? And if, I don't know. Hey, I'm the Bridget Jones Diary. That's a very fun book. I really like it. Right in college. Highly enjoy it. We should read it. Did Nick Hornby write that? Did not read. I think it's Helen Fielding, I believe. Oh, right, right. Yeah. I've seen bits and pieces of the movie. Book's very enjoyable. Uh, it's like Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. It sunk in for me in the movie when the guy, I think Hugh Grant, was called Mr. Darcy. I was like, oh, Mr. Darcy. Right? Oh, yeah. But no, I this kind of book I can like. I it's not my like. Go-to. You like the book. You're you're hemming and hawing. You like <laughs> it's pretty clear you like it. It's good. It's funny. It's a little parable. Uh, it's yeah. How does it compare the reading experience? How does it compare to her? Maybe because you've read her nonfiction, right? Or no? Yeah. Uh, How does it compare to her as an essayist? In a way. It's funny. You can kind of, this is, I guess, kind of the looking back, like, oh, oh yeah, this is the kind of novel she'd write. The clasp was fun. It's from like an earlier stage in life. It's, uh, I remember there being like uh, that time in your life where, you know, everybody's getting married and going to weddings and it kind of takes place. Our character jumps from wedding to wedding and it's about, she's good. She's good about kind of documenting the stages and in, in people's lives. And that one takes place in LA. Um, I don't even think she's from LA. So that's another thing about it's not autofiction. She's capable of writing, you know, characters that aren't just direct, direct parallels to herself. But no, it's good. It's a it's a breezy, funny, yeah, she's a good contemporary lit author. This is the type of contemporary lit fic I like. Gotta be just a little funny. You can't just be too moralizing and hand wringy. I would also like to point out what the element I liked is it wasn't there was some plot to it like there was there was some creative, to be to be being entertaining. There's a creative thought to like this is still a story. This is like I really don't like when people like the author. I feel is like the book is dead. The idea of the novel is dead. I'm just going to write this anti-novel type thing. I read that really bothers me. I don't like yeah. them because you're never going to run out of stories. Yeah. Right. So you, just so yeah. Have fun. This book is like it can be fun. It can be. There's a blurb in my back that says this. Um, did the comic romantic th- thriller exist before Sloane Crosley, or she invented it? I don't think that's a little uh, silly praise, but I don't think she invented it. But I think she pulls it off well. Yeah, it's right? the, the term romantic carnage. I think is appropriate from one of the reviews uh yeah. witty clever all those things nick hornby says um highly readable so maybe i'm i'm warming up as i talk about it maybe. yeah yeah that's, that's all i'm saying uh i like i like how she makes fun of one of her ex-boyfriends as author or famous author now and i like how she kind of poked fun at at him mm-hmm. which almost feels like she's kind of poking fun at the serious literary fiction like he wrote that the book called like Tunnel to No War, 
where like the Palestinian kid goes through a tunnel and it's the magical world where there's no war. And, and his second book did a little better. She said it went from pretentious to just dense and unreadable, you know, like, uh, yeah. Uh, she, one of the other ones had a little, uh, was an academic who was writing papers on William Burroughs. And I like this line. He found that it's less easy to write something original about William Burroughs than to skewer the people who idealize William Burroughs. Um, I kind of agree with that. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then that's kind of a little poke at kind of academic stuff. I did, I did enjoy all the kind of either you got you know a fair amount of time with an ex-boyfriend or it was just like a passing thing. It was like she could get to the point of the person pretty quickly, which yeah. I enjoyed. Um, yeah, she can draw these other characters. And that's the element where I was like, oh, this could be like a movie very easily. Like all these kind of I guys. Like, it, would be a, it would be a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Feels like a movie rather than a series. Feels like a series might drag oh, yeah. out. Just a, it'd be a good little. This is a good two hour rom com. Yeah. I, watch I, don't, it. I don't know if it's not, I, I never felt like this was a thriller in a way, but um, a satire definitely of the. Uh, oh, it'd have to be funny. You'd, casting? Do you have any? Casting. Good question. Um, always like Kristen Wiig. You know, a big, big yeah. wig fan. I don't know if she could, I think she could pull that off. Uh, mm-hmm. She has a com- comedic sensibilities, obviously. And I think there's a little, there is some, there's a dark side to the character of Lola in this. Like there's this edge of uh, love is a cult and all this crap is. She said, you can play sarcastic and. Yeah. 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 Um, Amy Adams. Amy Adams, a little bit different, but I think she could pull it off. I don't think the character's a redhead. I don't know too many contemporary actors, so yeah, I'm kind of. I think uh, this is where we struggle. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, th- I think I'd be curious if other people have read this book and felt like, oh, this is this is very cinematic and how it's done, which I, I I like. I personally like a good cinematic book. Yeah, they can make a movie out of this. I'll go see it. We should go, yeah, we would do a movie review. We will. Let me just Google, make sure to see if they've sold the rights to this at all. As we're like talking about it, see if should I should have looked this up before. Yeah. Actually, this is going to be very hard to Google because cult. Classic. Oh, cult classics. In the- <laughs> so I. All yeah. sorts of. Uh, uh, that's going to be an impossible uh, Googling thing uh, on the yeah. podcast. So, uh, Sloan Crosley, have you sold the rights to this book? Because I would be kind of shocked if you did it. Because it's made for the it's made for the screen. So I guess I would bet it probably is. But Matt, you usually have more theories or quotes or thoughts. Anything left on your legal pad there? No. Well, I did the quotes and the Amos stuff. I blew my ending question uh, in the middle five hey, minutes ago when I asked fine, that. I liked I th- I I enjoyed the the Silicon Valley tech startup parody. I think that, that was the that, that sold me on the book. Yeah, that was fun. I think that's the kind of what social media does to people and the the parallels between what's going on in the Golconda and what social media actually does. I think are they're obvious and they're fun. They're not in a heavy handed way, but it's a it's a good. It's a clever book. 
I really enjoyed it. It's about a couple different things and smooth sailing, fun to read, funny. New York City. New York City, but it's not an echo chamber. Not an echo chamber. I agree. A book that happens to take place in New York. It's, you know, the fact that it takes place in New York isn't what, it's not a self-serious, like. It's the you've got mail for the 21st century. That's per yeah, right? That's perfect. <laughs> that's perfect. That's a high praise for me. That's one of my favorite movies. So, see, you didn't know that. See, you criticized me saying I don't like the rom-com book. Come on. I like Scrooged. So Scrooged. Scrooged always made me uncomfortable. With yeah. Bill Murray? Yeah. I don't know why. It scared me. Well, do you like A Christmas Carol? Mm, it's a little long. The attention span of a peanut. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like an old-timey slander. It does. The attention span of the peanut. What is that from? What's that from? I don't know. I just made it up. Oh. I think it might be. That's why you don't like a Christmas Carol. Uh, the attention. Any span. of them. Scrooge is a Christmas Carol. The Bill Murray. Yeah, I know. I just liked it better than You've Got Mail. I guess. Anyway, we're yeah. Hey. Is You've Got Mail a Christmas movie or a fall movie? I I I haven't I've seen like half of it. I'm not a big enough fan. To, uh, My wife was watching it and I was like, oh, hey, and I watched half of it and I walked out. I was like, all right, I got other stuff to do. What what did you do? Oh, I got to prep for the MacArthur Genius Grant. Yeah, gotta write, gotta write my uh, resume for the MacArthur Genius Award. Gotta write that blurb. But no, Sloan Crosley. Um, I think I gave it three stars. I think I might have talked myself into getting it closer to four. Yeah, up up it. It's bad. It's funny. It's but hey, the reviews are that, that's the review. You're just hesitant to be seen as no, serious literary. Stop it. Hey, we're doing uh Olga, we're doing some serious stuff coming up. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> I got I got all the books lined up and ready to go. So let's transition into our TBR. So we just did a cult classic by Sloan Crossley, which you can get at your local independent bookstore or if you want to shop at the big chains. Two, uh, beautiful hardcover. Nice nice, uh, nice artwork there. So look good on your shelves there. Um, we also have our Flashman book. We have Midsummer Night's Dream coming up. Matt referenced our kind of serious books that we just picked. Drive Your Plow Over the Bones of the Dead and The Master and Margarita, which is... Uh, a little bit of a seasonal book. I think we we, we classified that as uh, kind of a new seasonal. It's not it's not extremely long, season. but I think we'll by the end of the year. We're just adding books left and right here, so we're giving ourselves a little bit of uh, extra roadway on the, the reading of some of these books. Um, what else do we have? The Once and Future King is our major seasonal book. Uh, Life and Fate. I'm reading Ironweed by William Kennedy. We over on our Patreon, we have Eight Men Out and then Lions of Lucerne, which is our new thriller book, part of our thriller series uh, that we're doing over there for, on our Patreon, which is, has been fun so far. So uh, if you want to support us and kind of get some episodes that are only on Patreon, we can uh, check that out and, and so if you want to hear us talk about we talk about football a lot there we talk about books we talk about 
theories about I don't whatever our life one yeah an essay Peter owes me an essay and has for over a year because he lost a bet so we're gonna talk it's kind of where we talk about whatever uh, yeah, I post I posted reviews I just posted a review uh, last night of, uh, of that those are kind of newer so far nonfiction books um, actually I just finished a book. Uh, I don't think I've told you about this. The book is called Life on the Mississippi, right? By, um, let me get this right. Rinker Buck, I believe is his name. Wait, what? Yeah. Rinker Buck is the author. Oh, that's his name? Yes. What? And he just wrote a book called Life on the Mississippi. I haven't talked about this book with you. I just finished it the other day. It is fantastic. It is the story of, he, he takes a flat boat. Do you know what a flatboat is? It's sort of, yeah. uh, he takes it from Pennsylvania and takes it all the way down the Ohio and then down the Mississippi. It's part adventure travel log book. It, it works as a history book. You learn a ton during it. Wait, is this a modern guy? Yeah, he just did it. In real life, it's not a fiction. In real life. In oh, real okay, life. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. It's a nonfiction. Um, highly, highly, highly recommend it. Seeing my expectations, probably my biggest surprise book I've read this year. I like books like that, like nonfiction books where the the author does something kind of. Yeah, it. Kinda, I thought it would be kind of basic, but you learn it. He's just very not. He just throws himself completely into it. There's characters and like real life that he comes across. He kind of dispels some certain like myths about kind of what people warn him about i guess it's it's there's just a lot going on in the book and i highly recommend it so that's cool yeah, hopefully i'll have a review on that over on our patreon the next week or two but uh just finish that book so nice if you're if you see it in the books in your uh, bookstore pick it up so. so that kind of stuff is on patreon too yeah. new new uh subscribers get bookmark i think higher tier get a t-shirt maybe coffee mug working the merch in there and you can join in the future join our fantasy football league or well so yeah we have uh some of the people on in our patreon we, we did a crazy fantasy football league this year and some of the people have joined that so that's fun yeah we have I mean, a lot of fun over there we do have a lot of fun we have a lot of fun here too oh yeah that too we, we have we're gonna win a genius grant so hopefully yeah if not this year next year so uh as always thanks for listening and uh we'll talk to you soon clear eyes full heart don't stop